I want to thank God for Pastor Etefia who's been leading us, teaching us about connecting with the Holy Spirit. Can we bless God for his life? And the thing about when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, it means you have to take second place. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead. Whilst he was teaching, the Holy Spirit hijacked the teaching on Wednesday. When Michelle is not in church yet, he asked a question. How many of you remember that? The Holy Spirit just hijacked. And we started to find out something. And I realized, Pastor Etefia, that the biggest problem on the heart of the Holy Spirit is not sin. That has been paid for. It is the quality of relationship we don't have with him yet. So this evening, I want us to investigate what it means to have a relationship in the testament of grace. A lot of people know what it would be to have a relationship with God under the Old Testament. Nobody is in any doubt. But I think from the discussion of last week, a lot of us don't, are not quite sure what it means to have a relationship with God and with Christ in the Holy Spirit under the covenant of grace. Somebody say relationship. Relationship is what God wanted the most. Let me explain that to you. You are not your own idea. Help me touch somebody say you are God's idea. Help me tell somebody God had you on his mind. That's why he created you. I want to take you on a journey, exciting journey back to Genesis. God has always been God. God is God all by himself. God never lacked anything. As a matter of fact, if you ever thought God was lonely, that means you can't count. The word innumerable appears in the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Bible says God has innumerable number of angels. However, God sat by himself one day and he said, let us make man. In our image and our likeness. Uh, Madam, let me ask you, why? Why would God that had everything to himself call the Son and the Holy Spirit say, let us make man in our image and our likeness? Can I excite you about something? When he was going to make the seas, when he was going to make the trees, he didn't say, let us. He just spoke them. When it came to the beloved, it took the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The question is why? God had a phenomenal thought in his heart. You know what that thought is? He saw you in his mind. See? I lost everybody. PC, God saw you in his mind. And he liked so much what he saw, he called the Son and the Holy Spirit. He said, this project would require all of us. Because God knows the end from the beginning. It's not that he could not make man by himself. He foreknew that man was going to fall, so the Son will have to go. He foreknew that when the Son goes, the Son cannot stay. For till the end of the earth, he knew that the Holy Spirit will have to go when the Son leaves. 
That's why he said, come, let us make man in our image and our life. So, whatever had to do with man, God had finished it before he made man. You know, the, 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 the ugly thing about religion is, it makes you think you know God, but you only know about God, you don't know God. The Bible says God is love. How about that? The shortest definition in the Bible. God is love. Full stop. For you to be made in the image and likeness of God that is love, you must realize that you are a thought of love. You are a product of love. You were saved by love. You will be kept by love. It is by love that you will be received back unto God. You are loved from beginning to the end. That's why it is impossible for you to get lost except God wants you to get lost. He said, let us make man. The journey to the end was captured at the point of creation. You didn't know that before. Nothing takes God by surprise. It is not true that when Adam fell, God was surprised. How can a God to whom nothing be hidden come into the garden and say, Adam, where are you? Was God looking for Adam? No, God was not looking for Adam. God was giving Adam Cronje. was prompting him to say, Adam, you have done wrong. Just repent and let's move on. Because he had made provision. That was even in the Old Testament. Then in the New Testament, you know, can I tell you something? What kind of parent would have children to put them on your dressing table? You know, ladies, you have dressing table, so you put all your nice perfume there. Do you have a child to put on your dressing table? It's bottles of perfumes you put there. God didn't have you and I as a decorative item. We're too valuable for that. God wanted relationship. He doesn't have relationship with angels. They're his servants. He wanted, he didn't create angels in his image and his likeness. So that when God looks at you, he, you remind him of himself. I, I'm, I'm not here to do religious church. I'm here to have a conversation with you. You know, every time I'm reminded that I'm a product of God's love, his thought when I did not exist. I didn't ask to be made. He desired to have me. You see, there's a difference between a child born out of illicit sex and a child that is born out of love. Oh God, when you see two people love each other, when they born one child, they go crazy over that child. I want to announce to you, you are not the product of illicit sex. Listen, you are a child of God. You are born out of the love heart of God. And this is one reason why I want you to look at your neighbor and clap for your neighbor because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. If a person is not receiving it, help me clap for somebody else who knows quality. You know, 
Everything in life challenges what I'm telling you because we tend to measure ourselves by our experiences. You are not your experiences. You are who you are in God. We will go through many experiences, but it doesn't change our identity. I want to tell you something. We're children born out of love. So much love that when we fell, he died for us. Why? He says, if he would give you Jesus Christ, think about what other thing will he not gladly give to you? He gave you the best of heaven. He gave you his only begotten son. So why do you struggle whether God loves you? Just because you're going through a season of infertility does not mean God doesn't love you. On this side of eternity, a lot of stuff happens. Bible says, um, um, many are the tribulations on the trials of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from all of them. I want to first get you to understand before we start reading something. You are not an afterthought. It was because of you he made the earth and the sea and the birds. It's because of you. And he says there's a new earth and a new heavens and a new Jerusalem that will be inhabited by the Lord. He says, Bible says the sun, the God will be the sun of that new Jerusalem. There will be no need for the sun. And it is where we will dwell with him forevermore. Can I tell you something? By the time we finish, if you understand what I'm saying, you will be able to say like Paul, my light afflictions, which are nothing compared to the glory that is in store. Glory to God. Because you are not what you have. You are not what you are going through. You are who you are in Christ. You know whilst we are having fellowship. And I really like fellowship. I, I, I kind of like church when we talk to each other. More than church when somebody preaches and everybody is listening. I am not saying any more than I am saying. But this is real church. And I want you to be a part. I want you to contribute because whatever you say is going to help us get to know this God better. He's talking about relationship. When Christ came, he wanted to redefine the relationship of man with God. And we're still struggling 2,000 years after. Michelle asked a question. He said, can I, is it okay for me to remind God that, ah, Father, but I don't try for you. How far? Can you bless me? And I listen to all of my wonderful brothers and sisters making brilliant contributions. And everybody spoke sense. But what is sense outside of what God is saying? And I showed you that even Christ told the Father. He said, I have done the work you sent me to do. I've completed it. Now you glorify me. Hello. I showed you where Peter and the disciples asked the Lord. They said, come, come, come. We have left wife. We have left houses and followed you. What are we going to get? There was not a single rebuke. He said, anybody that has left will receive more. You know, you're still struggling with that. The conversation between Christ and the Father concerning now glorify me. And the one about I left and so on. Is a conversation so showing a level of relationship. When I hear, when people hear the way Pastor Conrad speaks to me, if you listen carefully, you will, you will be able to pick out the level of relationship we have. From my 
relationship, we know whether it's master-servant. Oh God, do we have master-servant relationship? You're not sure. Even with my children, you know, all these children, they have a special relationship with me. Do you know some of these children are much closer to me than some of you adults? In fact, most of the children are closer to me. You know, they don't come to the adult church, but they have more revelation about relationship than you. When they want to hug me, say whatever you are. I have a lot of jackets, handprints, sweets, toffee. When I look at it, I laugh. I don't get upset. I just send it to the right and say, it's my children that did that. They are, they're not stains, they're love marks. You're still struggling. Do you know what I'm trying to say to you? I am the senior pastor. I'm older than, most of the children I'm older than their parents. They don't see all that. They just see Pastor Femi. And the way they converse with me, I'm sure you parents, you are scratching your head. And guess what? They get more out of me because I respond to relationship. And that's there's a rule with all my protocol. If they're going to tell the truth, if they're going to be obedient, I'm warning you, Jide, I said never stop my children from seeing me. I don't care how busy I am, just let them through. I always have sweets in my office. Because when the children come, I scratch my head if I have nothing to give them. But you, that you're closer to me in age, look at the way you behave. Closeness in age does not mean we have a better relationship. And that's why the Bible says, except you come as little children. These children, trust me, they can get me to do almost anything. If I'm driving home, they say, open the car. We want to jump in your car. I'll first stop. Open the car. You know, I tell people, I say, the strongest affection I have in Grace Assembly is towards the children. I don't understand it, but it's working on me big time. And guess what? God says, I did that to try to teach you how to teach them the kind of relationship we should be having. The distance in age is so much wider from me to the children than with you. So it is the closeness in age that should determine the more intense relationship. Because we have the same experiences, but the children that know nothing about my world, they have a better relationship. I'm saying something, your title does not mean you have a better relationship with God. How long you have been saved does not mean you have a great relationship with God. I'm just telling you the truth. Relationship of the New Testament is a simple relationship. I'll show you what relationship is like now. Come with me to Luke 15. Let's start from verse 11. We're going to read this scripture. We're going to discuss it. And I pray that by the time we're going home, you can be like me. When, when, when the policeman stops, they say, why, why are you alone in this guy? I say, I'm never alone. So what do you mean? I can't see anybody. They say, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, they're always with me. That's not a joke. That's the a, that's a truth. The grace of the Lord is always with me. His mercy is always over my life. Can you say amen? 
Then he said, this is Jesus speaking, a certain man had two sons. We're going to read a long read, so I'll read to your hearing. And the younger one of them, he had two sons, two equal sons. And I think this is the younger one. And the younger one, yes, and the younger of them said to who? That's why people have been married 40 years, they have no relationship. That's why children have no relationship. You don't even know relationship. Let's investigate relationship here. And the younger one of them said to who? Said to the father directly. Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. What would you expect the father to have done? This is where the interactive starts. What would you have expected the father to have done? Let me tell you, the two sons worked with the father. It was a family business they were working in. And one came to me and said, you know what? I want my own portion. Now, as a matter of fact, give me the New Living Translation. The younger son said to the father, read with me, I want my share of the estate tomorrow, now before you die. Let's go back to the New King James. I only wish you would pay attention and stop playing religious games. See, religion doesn't please God. It just makes men feel good with themselves. Feel good doesn't matter in heaven. It's relationship that matters in heaven. Younger one said to the father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. So he what? Divided to them his livelihood. Verse 13. And not many days after the young son gathered all together, did his father stop him? No. Because in a real relationship, there is no force. There is choice and there is free will. Real love does not tamper with free will. We'll talk about that later. And journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land. Please, when he was going, if he carried a lot away, did it go empty-handed? He would have needed vehicles. If there was camels ahead, he would have had camels. I want you to remember that picture of how he left. Because we're going to the point where you're going to be awake now. Um, but when he had spent all, arose a famine and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a city of that country and they sent him to feed. To, I don't want to know all this. 16, let's go on. And I don't want to see all this. That's all the problems had. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? So when you are a servant of God, not even a child of God yet, you should have enough bread and to spare. Okay, and it says, now I perish with hunger. Let's go. It says, I will arise and go to my father and say to him, he rehearsed the speech. And I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your Hired servants. Go back to 18. Okay. 19. 
Okay, 20. Then he arose and came to his father. But when he was still, someone say still, a great way off, his father saw him. How? Why? The son went, never called home. The son went, never said he was coming back. How come the father saw him a great way off? He was, I'm not sure whether he's expecting, he was hoping. So he took advantage position and he kept looking in the direction the boy went, day after day. The relationship of a real father, I'm not talking about yeah, yeah, father, and a son is so strong, the man was hoping against hope. And so he was able to see him. Nobody else was waiting for the boy. The Bible says he saw him a great way off and had what? Compassion. Did the boy ask for it? Did the boy ask for anything? Had the boy even spoken? Did the boy even see the father? No. All by himself. The father had compassion. And ran towards him. Not to beat him. Not to flog him. Not to disgrace him. The boy must have been worried if I was a boy. If I saw my father after the nonsense I pulled off. Running towards me. If it was you, knowing your father, what would you have done? I said, what would you have done if it was you? I disappear instantly. All my speech will die. And the man fell on his neck. Please help me read it. And kissed him. That it was after the man kissed him, the boy spoke. As of that point in time, there's no evidence why the boy was coming home. Everything the father did, he did of his own volition. There is a kind of love so strong, even before you speak, it will act. This is Jesus speaking. This is not Peter. This is, this is not John. This is not Paul. This is Jesus speaking. And the son spoke for the first time and said, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be your son. But, why would the sentence start with but? Which means what would you, you would have normally expected was not what happened. That's what but means. So after the speech, the next word is but. Against common sense. But against religious beliefs and expectations. It's against Pharisaic and uh, Sadduceic tenets. The father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. He had not taken a shower yet. And a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Go on. And he had not replied to the boy. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat 
and be merry. Why? For this my son was dead and is arrived again. For this my son was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. You will not even understand what I'm talking about. Can you go back to verse 19 and give me the message translation of the Bible? Is this a message Bible? I want to show you something. There's a translation that will throw you out of your seat. Okay, I will, I will look for that. That translation says, whilst he was rehearsing his speech. No, I think it's this one. Go to 20. The son started his speech. Father, I am this. Father, I am that. Go to 22. But the father... Read, read it now. But the father wasn't listening. Whilst he was talking about, I'm sorry, this and that, the father had gone ahead of him. He wasn't listening. He was calling to his servants, quick, bring this. Quick, bring that. Quick, get ready for the party for a boy that he had a relationship with. Let's go back to the New King James. We're going to study this a little bit more. And put a ring. Um, okay, let's have a party. Go to 23. Go to 23. And let us eat and be merry. Listen to what happened. Verse 24. 25. They began to make merry. Now, somebody say now. That means wake up. You are supposed to learn a lesson here. Now his older son was in the field because they both used to work with their father. And as he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed thee. Which means there was only one. Thee fatted calf. Okay. But he was what? Angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and did what? And pleaded with him. Listen to this conversation. Listen to the relationship. There are two relationships here I want us to examine. And so the father said, answered and said, uh, sorry, the boy answered his father and said to his father, no, this many years I have been what? I have never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may, might make merry with my friends. Does that sound like an accusation or not? But as soon as my brother came home, as soon as my brother came home, as soon as this son of yours came, who has, that is now, that is now his CV according to his brother, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots? You killed the father cow for him, really? And the father said to him, Son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. I want to ask you, saints of God, 
Which of the sons are you? Oh, okay, you won't answer that one. Which of the sons would you rather be if you had to choose? You're on your own. Nobody, nobody's on the side. Let me ask you, which of the sons are you? Or which of the sons would you rather be? Everybody's dodging me. Even the pastors are dodging me. You're not saying, which of the sons? We're talking about relationship. Okay. The older brother. Give her the microphone. Help me clap for her. Why, Grandma B? Yeah, because I, I, I think um, Papa was um, a bit partial. Yes. Hey, oh, the yes. word partial. Yes. The father was partial. Yes, the boy that misbehaved and now he's doing everything for him. I don't think it's fair. That's my own personal conviction. You know, the law is whatever anybody says we... Thank you, Grandma B. Hey, your grandson wants to say something. Yeah. That I think I want to be the the younger brother. The younger brother. Yes, because as the younger brother, the f- looking at this critically, the guy knew his place. That's why he was able to demand for his inheritance. It was given to him. He went away, misbehaved because he knows his place. He said, "In my father's house." The servants are not treated the way I am being treated right now. So if I even go back to my father's house and plead with him and say to my father, I want to be the least of the slave, at least he will accept me. So he knew he had a father. So he, he knew he goofed, but he knew I have a father I can go back to. But the other guy, from the statement we started reading from Teddy, showed that he was acting like a slave. Despite he was a son, he didn't know his place. That's why the father was explaining to him, they have been with me all this while. Everything is yours. If you wanted to um, marry with your friend, because it's yours, you have the right to take it and marry. But because he didn't know his place, he was... Can you clap for him? That's the law of the house. I, I see a hand up there. Okay, let's come this way. Let's start with the lady, and then we'll come to uh, Minister Newman. The father knew that the son knew him. The father knew him. The son knew him mm-hmm. as his father. The son knew that, okay, you know what? This is my dad. I know that I can mess up sometimes, but I know that I am loved, and I know that, okay, anytime, you know, um, um, what's he called? I go out of place. I am loved. I can always go back home. So, I will choose to, pre- to be the prodigal son. You see, they're clapping for you half-half. It's a political clap that they're giving you. Okay, Minister Newman, let's hear you. <laughs> Good evening, church. I, left for me, I think I want to be both. You want yes. to be both? Yes. You yes. are either APC or PDP. The reasons are, one, the Bible said the righteous is as bold as a lion. Lion, yeah. The younger brother had the boldness to come to the father and said, Father, give me what belongs to me. Mm-hmm. But he lacked the character to retain what he received from the father. Yeah. 
why the elder brother had the character yeah. but he lacked the boldness to approach the father so that is it that is some layered wisdom there so you want to join the character to the wisdom APC when you join APC or PDP it becomes what APDD <laughs> that's a good one there anybody else Lady, let's hear you. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with Mr. Newman. I want to be both. In terms of relationship, I want to be the younger, the younger son. Mm-hmm. That guy... Had... Wait, 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 wait. In terms... I, you see, don't listen when people are talking to you. In terms of relationship, you want to be the younger had... son. Why? He had, he had a knowledge of, fat, of who a father is. That no matter what happens, I can go back home. Like Sabuki said, no matter what happens, I can go back home. I'm sure his intention at first when he was collecting those properties was not to go and waste it. But somehow he wasted it. But he knew that the worst that can happen is that my father would take me as a servant. Which I don't even think will happen. So he so went back it, home. It never crossed his mind that his father would reject him yes. absolutely. Yes. Wow. Can you clap for her? Why do you want to be the second son as well? In terms of responsibility, being responsible, <laughs> I want to be the older son. But I don't want to have the kind of heart that he has, that he had in that story. I don't want to have that kind what of What kind of heart are you talking about? Ah, this guy's heart was, is obviously not right. Oh. His heart was obviously not right. His heart was not right. What, what he was saying, Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. His heart was not right. He has stayed, I think he, has, he had stayed in that house so long and his heart was already offended. There's something not right about his heart, the, the things that came out of his... Because after all, that guy was his brother. He should be happy to see the brother as well. He should be happy to see the brother. I don't know what, why he was so angry and was saying what he was saying. What, what was his heart towards his father? Let's examine what was his heart towards his father. Do you want to say something? Well, yes. Uh-huh. I'm Go trying ahead. to um, think it through, compose it so I can talk. <laughs> As that the, the reason why the, the son that asked for the inheritance and that left and came back is better is I feel the elder brother was just waiting for that to die. Look at it vividly. I'm sure the elder brother has no vision. It's, it's, it's just everything the father taught him stay in this, serve, do this. If you are the father, which one had a better relationship? Pastor, I think, I think when, when the, um, the older son. I mean, the younger son was asking his, um, asked his father for those properties, and his father gave it to the younger son. I think that guy's, the other son was already offended as at then. He kept quiet and said, okay, after all, they will give me the, the remaining half bar. And so the guy comes back and they are celebrating. And so the fact that he has been quiet about all his offenses, about all the grievances, was why he was speaking this way. Okay, you, you're saying the older son had piles of grievances against his father. How many of you agree? He didn't have any grievances against his father. Eh? Okay, okay. Okay, I think the older brother's ads, he didn't have an um, he didn't have a forgiving. I just want to be real and bring it home. Yeah. I think he had an unforgiving act towards the brother. Okay. And it's normal. You've been the good child. Okay, so I've been the good child. 
I followed you to Bible study. I've been an exemplary child. I passed school. You said don't go clubbing. I don't do it. Stay at home. I stay at home. The other one does anything it feels like. I don't have to give you a reason for you to celebrate me. That's the way the elder child must have. You had every reason to celebrate me when I stood by you while the other one walked away. And I kept working for you. I think it was at that point you realized that I don't have to give you a reason. You could have celebrated me years ago when my brother was missing. So I think he had an unforgiving heart towards his dad. Like, okay, so therefore, that's why it makes sometimes it makes you want to go out out of God's direction and go and have fun with the world and come back. At least someone did it and came back and you forgive him after all. That's another angle. Please don't preach that sermon. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? A young man wants to say something here. I'm going to try and bring this home because there are many points that you're missing. Uh, God, God will give us illumination today in Jesus' name. Um, good evening, church. Yeah. Uh, I'll go for the younger brother. Even though I'm young, I know what's happening. So, <laughs> uh, so like, I think the younger brother has had a better relationship with the father than the older one. The Bible does not say everything, but if you picture it, there's this similar relationship they have with the, the he had with the father. Like, okay, fine. Just like every last born, you know, my mother has. There's no other last born. If the last born cry, I want Mercedes Benz. You buy it. If the other one asks you, I want Mercedes Benz, you tell the other one to wait. But because of the love you have for that last born, at least my last born, oh, if you want chocolate, if you want ice cream, if you want Eiffel Tower, I'll bring it for you. So that's why it is. They had a better relationship with the father than the other one. Thank you. Okay. Let him say something. Praise the Lord. Good evening, church. I think uh, the younger brother, just like she was saying that he's angry with the father and all of that. I don't think so. It's just normal. Now, I can remember when I was looking for admission with my friends. They were just sleeping. They were not even reading. I was praying. Prior to the time of my post-jam, I was praying. I think I had one week fast. But on the day of the exam, I got into the exam hall. I was bounced out. I didn't write the exam. And my other friends, they were not praying. In fact, they didn't even have this relationship with God. They got in, they wrote normal, everything was fine. And I was like, God, what's happening? I was fasting. I prayed. These guys didn't do anything. No, it's normal. It happens. So what the young, the elder brother was expressing is just normal. I don't think he was angry with the brother or something. Maybe it's just jealousy or so, but not angry. Not being angry with the brother or he has unforgiveness against the father and all of that. The dip, what me I see, the difference between the elder brother and the younger brother is just knowledge. There's an understanding the younger one have that the elder brother doesn't have. What is that understanding? Relationship. Relationship. Now, that this is a place to clap. The, 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 the behavior is based on relationship. But personally, I would rather be the elder brother. Because the father made a statement to him. He said, you have been with me. All that I have is yours. But not to the prodigal son. He never, yes, he was celebrating the, the prodigal son. But that statement was not made to him. But to the elder brother. Thank you. Can you help me clap for him? 
This is getting hot now. That's that's church is happening today. Don't hide behind the pillar. Who is that? Aha, young pastor. That's good. Let me hear you. I think I'll prefer to be the younger son because the difference is that relationship and mentality. The youngest Hold on, hold on. Relationship and mentality. That's good. The younger son had the mentality with the relationship that this is my father. He's not thinking about his position, knowing that the relationship he has set down with his father is one that can be repaired even if it's broken. So he took his share. So he took his share and went away and lavished it. Thinking that even if his father did not take him back, but at least one of the servants, and he went back, but things turned around. But for the elder son, he has been with his father. But the mentality was that since he's working for the father, he's expecting the father to pay him. But not knowing that what his father has is what he owns. Somebody said mentality. You know, let the little children come unto me. For theirs is the kingdom of God. All people, you get mentality. Fela talked about mentality. It's actually, that's where this conversation is going. If you understand relationship, it will affect your mentality. The older brother, um, give me verse 29, the New Living Translation. The older brother said, all these years, read me, I have slaved for you. You see, that's a language of complaints. He didn't like his dad. He just served his dad, hoping to get something out of it. You see, the heart with which you do something is more important to God than what you are doing. All these years, I have slaved for you. He didn't say, I am a part of you. That's what the Father was saying, but you are a part of me. It is our own. It has always been. There is a mentality of people that come to church, but they don't own God. You see, God is somebody that is far away giving orders. They don't feel a part of God. Whether you know it or not, we are the body of Christ and Christ is the Godhead bodily. I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. Trying to earn what was already his. And in all that time, you never gave me. Listen to that language. The mentality can be seen in the language. You never gave me even one. Not even goat. Young goat. And all that time, this is how I see you. Today I am going to tell you, I have never had the opportunity to tell you, but this 
this is how I've always felt about you. A lot of people are serving God, they really don't like God. A lot of people come to grace and say they really don't like the pastor. He says, all that time he never gave me even one young girl for a feast with my friends. And listen to the answer of the father. Verse 30. He says, yet this young son of yours, is that not an accusation? Where is the love? Where is the relationship in his language? Where is the father and son in the language? He was speaking like a slave. That's why all this time I've been slaving for you. See, as far as God is concerned, it's better you don't do it at all if you won't do it like a son. It's better you don't put your offering here frowning. Please take it and take it away. This fellow's heart stank. Yet, when this son of yours comes back, he couldn't even call him my brother. After squandering your money on prostitutes, the people that repeat an offense that I have confessed as sin, they are the enemies of the cross of Jesus. He was repeating what the father had cancelled. Can this boy cancel anybody's sin? He held the father and yet was eating with the father. He's always had a problem with the father, yet he was serving the father. You know what? If I had to have a son, I don't want to have a son like that. You're sleeping in the bed with somebody that doesn't like you. Whose heart judges you in a very main way. And now you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. That is, look at the arrogance in his voice. He judged his father and said, "You, how dare you? That's what it means. A lot of people are judging God. You cannot be a righteous God. There are only two kinds of believers. The young son and the old son. There's no in between. This is Jesus speaking. Verse 31. The father said to him, look at the language of the father versus the language of the son. Are you with me? The first one was abrasive. He was caustic. He was judgmental. He was self-righteous. You would have expected the father to answer in the same way. Can I tell you something? The relationship of the father to the older son was ever constant. The relationship of the younger son towards the father too was ever constant. And so is the relation to the other one. None of them changed position. The one that the attitude was wrong, it's clear. The father said to him, look, dear son. You have always stayed by me. Meaning, I recognize it. And everything I have is yours. Which means, you didn't have to ask me to take a goat and roast it. But you thought I was so mean that if you if you asked me, the reason why you didn't ask me is you were not sure I would say yes. In the New Testament, under grace, God, I'm telling you the truth, prefers people that say the wrong thing, but at least they say their hearts. If the, the heart is defiled, nothing good can come out of it. 
lot of people put up actions. God is not interested in actions. He's interested in the heart. The heart of the older one was made manifest in every reaction towards his brother, towards his father. In his language, his mentality showed. He was working for a salary. He was not working for love. The other boy did what was wrong. He asked for an inheritance. And he said, what a portion to me. Which means the one that is mine by right and by contribution. I want to put a balance to that. He did the wrong thing. There's no question. The father didn't stop him. Can I tell you in the New Testament, particularly in the New Testament, your will, God will never tamper with your will. As a matter of fact, sometimes he will give you what you ask because you insist. The Bible says he gave them the desires of their heart, but he sent leanness to their soul. The boy asked for it. The father knew he was wrong. But he knew the boy's heart had left. But he loved him enough to sacrifice a portion of his goods so that he can get a born again son back. Because the boy was not born again, but he was there. So what am I saying to you? You don't understand how much God loves people and what he will, what price he will pay for them to be renewed. If what it will take is for you to do your nonsense and you, the Bible says he came to his senses and the father was waiting for him. You know, sometimes when people come to their senses, we act like the older son. We're standing at the door of the church and say, not to you. How can Last minute, my lie is not possible. The father looked at the young son. He was not listening to his repentance speech because he knew that the action of coming home spoke volumes. He threw a party. The boy didn't even expect. The story is about the heart. Two sons. One's action was wrong, but his heart was right. He judged God faithful. That if I repent and I go to my father, I know he's not mean. And he, he was proven right. The other one didn't give his father a chance. Let me ask you. When people want something from God, and they never ask, year after year, what does it become after a while? The boy always wanted to have a party. The boy always wanted some things. But never asked the father. What happens when people want something and never ask? What becomes of their, their heart? It becomes what? Bitter and stony and accusatory and judgmental. father said, but you never ask. In fact, you don't even need to ask. You know what? When David took somebody's wife, impregnated her. You know he had enough ten tenacity or temerity to ask God that the boy, the son that she gave birth to should not die. Can you imagine the he pleaded with God 
that the boy should not die. Why didn't God kill him at that point in time? David himself. You don't seem to understand what I'm saying. David pleaded with God, says that the boy would not die. And he was wailing, asking for rubbish. You know what, Austin? God didn't act like you. You would have killed David. He just ignored him. He said at the end, you better wash your face. The boy is dead. You know what David did? David washed his face, got dressed, and went to eat. You know what God did after that? The same prodigal boy said, when the boy came back home, the man brought out new robe, ring, gave him. And you see, whatever inheritance was left, trust me, the fathers were still going to give him for what is left. David, God gave David Solomon. The word Solomon is the what's the meaning of Solomon? The, the special one or the one God loves. The greatest king that would ever live. It was not based on right or wrong. It was based on relationship. You know, I want to I want to deliver some people here. There are so many people here you have not prayed some prayers, but you are envious of people who are praying those prayers. You, you, I'm telling you, there are, there are people here that are not happy with God. God would rather you say any nonsense. Anybody that put their mouth says, stay out of it. Na family wahala. Stay out of our family wahala. So if you say something God does not like, he will just look at you and say, have you finished? See your mouth. You're not supposed to talk like that. Just tell me, say, I mean so, so, so. Then we'll find out how to make this thing work. But the reason why you're so technical in your relationship with God, you're missing it. The boy said, give me. The father did not argue. When he finished it, if your understanding of God were truly how God is, this story, when he came back, what the father should have done is what? Call police. I read it to you. Say, whilst the boy was rehearsing and speaking his rehearsed speech, the father was not listening. Can I tell you the truth? A lot of people will get to heaven and they will be surprised the Jesus they will meet there. He is more interested in relationship. Give me verse 27. Let me show you something. 28. The older brother was angry. At who? Everybody. Plus the summons that brought out the robes. Plus the people that killed the calf. Plus the people that served at the party. Listen, when your relationship is wrong with God, you're always angry with everybody that's having a good time. He refused to go into the party. The Bible says the father came out and begged him. Begged him for what? You are on the path of destruction. This is not the way to go. If you wanted a party, it's like this. In the New Testament, we are no longer slaves, we are friends. Let me ask you, when your friends want to speak to you, are they careful how they speak to you? None of my children rehearses a speech before they speak to me. But you know what I do? I'm trying to understand what they're trying to say. Is that not true? And when, when they speak, 
You pick the one that is good, you correct the one that is not right, and you move on and you execute. Okay? Samuel, when he speaks to you, does he read dictionary before he speaks to you? The day he starts shaking when he speaks to you, will you be happy? You'll be worried. You'll, be, you'll even begin to say, are you not my son? I plead with you. The reason why a lot of us are missing it, we are like the boy that stayed back, the older brother, serving God, thinking we're getting nothing, but we never even had the audacity to ask for anything. We only ask of what we think the minimum God would normally do. Those that are audacious, we have a problem with them, but I, I, I don't want to leave you without hope. As a matter of fact, I need to read one or two translations to you. But my, my system here is jamming. I don't know why. The devil is a liar. Okay. In the New Living Translation, um, back up to verse, verse 20. So he returned home to his father. And while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with what? Love and compassion, he ran to his son. Embraced him and kissed him. Filled with love and compassion. You see, the moment you get it wrong, and you change your attitude, and you change, you repent, what happens the father responds immediately. The, the moment the boy came to his senses, the father knew. It wasn't a question of third parties. I want to be able to influence your prayer life. Prayer is nothing more than a, a conversation. A lot of us have be, become addicted to a religious routine. Yes, there's prayer of command, there's loosening, there's intercession, but your personal prayer with God is not supposed to be like that. God knows your voice. He even knows what you're thinking. When what you're saying is different from what you're thinking, you are like that older brother. How many of you know you can be praying something but your heart, something else is there? I watched a movie over the weekend, What Men Want. There's a lady that fell, hit her head, and she suddenly could hear what men were thinking. And it was so nasty because they were always saying something different from what they were thinking. And I suddenly realized it's a big problem. If God knows what's in your heart, and you don't become like that prodigal son, and just say what's in your heart, the truth is hearing you. And there are so many things a lot of us are missing. God wants to simplify the relationship. That's what the New Testament is all about. Be like a little child. Be vulnerable. The younger son was more vulnerable. He spoke. The father looked at him. The father knew the end from the beginning and just said, I know where this is going to end. But it will be worth it because by the time you come back, you'll be the son I really want. If he never went, he would never be the son he really wants. Allow people to make mistakes. 
allow people to fumble. Because God can walk through it to bring them to where he really wants them to be. The younger son ended exactly where his father wanted him. But the older son never moved. He's like ancient of days. He just remained the same. Can you believe that? Oh, you'll be putting up your hand. Sorry. Can somebody give her the microphone? Can you say that I will want to be the younger son? The reason... They are the kind of people that the parents will miss. I want to say it now that I believe the father was on his new. Sorry. Okay. Good evening. I I want to say that I want I would have loved to be the younger son. Reason being that he's the kind of son that the the father had missed. He's the kind of son that make the man keep thinking. He's the kind of son that Immediately he left. He, he, he had, the father knew he was making a wrong decision. But the father was on his knees praying for him. That he would come back. Because the Bible says he sighted him from far. So the man was on his knees praying for him. At, at this point, I want to say that. At times in life, we feel where we are is very boring. Being a born again is boring. Yes. You grew, you grew up and we just go to church with singing when it's boring. And I think that was what he went through. At that point, he felt, let's go and see what is outside. He wants an adventure. The father noticed, yes, the father knew that was what he wanted. So the father allowed him, go and see outside. But he stood on his knee to pray for him. And that's why he was able to recognize him when he was coming from afar. And um, that boy is the kind of person parents miss when they are not at home. And that's why they keep praying for them. Even when they make mistakes, they are ready to forgive them. Thank you. Hallelujah. I want to bring this home. And I want to say, imagine if you are the father. Even after pleading with the older son. Even after explaining, the story ends without any change of attitude. Those of us that have children, you know how you feel about your children. You can't love your God loves you. And I'm telling you, the New Testament is about the love of God. And any coloration we choose to give it is just our personal arrogance. As far as God is concerned, he wants a relationship. He wants a mentality that believes in who he is and to communicate honestly with him. The one thing I noticed is that at least the younger son was honest about his feelings. Honest about his communication. The other one was not. And I want to plead with you. The people that don't speak to God clearly and truly with their hearts always end up having grievances against God. When the older son spoke, the father explained to him. Until he spoke, there was no explanation. And up until that time, he felt it was an abomination to say what he's thinking. But by the time he said it, all he got was an explanation. Can I tell you the truth? A lot of people, you won't be so unhappy if you would talk to God. You'll be surprised the explanation God is going to offer to you. And many of us do not know that God is so good that he's so willing to receive us back. And there is 
a rejoicing that's peculiar when people come to their senses. I'm afraid more for people than in church. You have predetermined how far your relationship When Samuel got to uh, uh, Jesus' house, he said, you're a man. You look at the outward performance. You look, you hear what they say, but I look at the heart. What is your heart saying? Where are you with God in your heart? Why don't you be honest and speak to the Lord? Why don't you ask the questions you want to ask? There's nothing like a sacrilege when you are seeking to Many of us have assumed that God won't do this. God is like this. God is like that. Not so. From this story, there is great illumination. I want you to venture forward with your relationship with God. This young man did that. He came back to a deeper relationship with his father. I trust that he would never do that anymore. But can I tell you in closing? I remember, like you asked me a question. He says, then so, should we insist on what we want from God like the young boy insisted? You see, he didn't have to learn that way. If he prayed, say, this is what I want. This is what I really been waiting for. But not my will. Let your will be done. Because when he asked the father, give me my portion, the father didn't hammer him. He didn't say you're a bastard like most fathers would say. How can you ask me for inheritance when I'm not dead? You see, God is not going to be harsh against you. He will explain to you. But a lot of us, beyond that, um, this uh, parable is knowing God through Christ who said, this cross is too painful and ugly for me. What I really want is not to go to the cross. And he kept saying it, but he ended up with, not my will, but your will be done. Because at that point in time, the father will have rearranged the whole thing. So his poverty experience where he was eating the food of pigs was not necessary. I'm not saying be the bad boy who learned. I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying be the, the vexed boy who didn't like his father. I'm saying be the son that has a relationship, the right mentality, but often ask whatever you want to ask. Speak to the Lord from the simplicity of your heart. Let God explain some things to you the way the father explained to the son. And when you are done, before you say amen, say, Lord, I am just a child. I'm just an honest child because some people will not tell you what I want. This is what I want. But knowing that you are a good God, knowing that you know the end from the beginning, not my will, let your will be done. You can only pray like that if you know that his will concerning you is for good and not evil. If you all remember that his, his will concerning you is to bring you to an expected end and not through the harrowing way. Without shame. Without being a beggar. But a lot of people don't pray that because we're not sure of the will of God for our lives. 
So we keep insisting on what we want. Are you here, someone? I think it's time for us to pray. I think it's time for us to pray. How many of us are honest enough to say, Lord, I need to talk to you now. I've heard something today that makes me need to talk to you. If there's a desire in your heart, you're a child, you're not a slave. It is time for you to say, Lord, I'm going to start speaking with you honestly from my heart. But I will stop short of insisting that it's this way or no other way. I want someone to pray and say, Lord, I am back to your will. Let your will be done in my life. Because I am certain of the love that you have for me. It is clear to me that you never do evil to those that you call your children. Lord, I may not understand the process, but I'm going to be trusting you. Not my will, but your will be done. When Jesus prayed that prayer, the Bible says, for this reason, God so highly exalted him. He gave him a name that's above every other name. I don't know about you, but I need to pray. See, whatever grievance is lurking in my heart, whatever offense I have not spoken Father today I, I lay in bed before you I ask you to forgive me the brother hated his other brother because he didn't get his relationship right with the father I want us to pray Lord any jealousy and rancor that I hold in my heart against others because of how you seem to be dealing with them when I don't know the relationship they have with you. I want you to pray honestly. Say, Father, forgive me. Let me also have that kind of relationship that will make you relate with me the way you relate with them. somebody pray say Lord I need some explanations I don't understand why I'm still here I know many people need to open up to the Lord and say I don't understand why I'm still here I don't understand what is going on in my life the father told the older son he says no 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 it's not like that Maybe God is going to show you the door that you need, you have not tried. The door that leads to your desires be met. So you, oh, you don't even need to ask me. You could have had it. Why didn't you talk to God? The songwriter says, I want to know you more. I, I need to know you some more. If I know you some more, I will be able to relate with you more powerfully. I need to understand you more. I need to be closer to you. More of you. 
know you The more I want to know you Jesus More of you I want more of you I want more of you Jesus The more we know you The more we want to know you Jesus More Let me talk to you saints of God There are so many examples in the Bible of how people who related with Christ on a different level had a different experience. A woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says she came from behind. She was not in the streets. Nobody imagines anybody could receive in such an audacious way. And she received without the consent of the Lord because it was based on an understanding. She had a relationship with who he was. She said to herself, all I have to do, because I know he will not withhold healing, that if I were to just touch the hem of his garment, with faith in my heart, I will be healed. And he said, virtue left me. Somebody knows who I am. Others waited for him to be face to face with them. Others waited for him to pray for them. Others waited for him to touch them. But she had a relationship that he had to respect. Oh, you make my life so beautiful. Hey, and as you were the Pharisee woman made me knew that the Gentiles were not entitled. But there was a way she related with him. And he said, I like this kind of relationship. You can have what you want. Don't tell me to be rigid. Don't tell me to be religious. Jesus is not a rigid person. Oh, you make my life so beautiful. It's all about relationship. Why didn't you embrace the Lord today? So Lord, I just want to start a new walk with you. I want to be like the woman with the issue of blood. I want to, I want to turn the tables around by the kind of relationship I have with you. That's why I love you forevermore. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I, I want to speak with you. Jesus had 12 disciples and everybody used to listen to him. Everybody used to ask a question. Can I tell you the person that was closest to him? It was the one that did the most audacious thing. He would rest on the breast of the Lord. It seems sacrilegious. The Lord, he, he just resting on the Lord. Others were doing all, he just resting. Mary and Martha, Martha was running all over the place. Mary was just sitting down. She understood relationship. Can I tell you one thing? The only person that caught the revelation of Jesus Christ was the one that rested his head on his bosom. The one they thought his own is too much. 
Can I tell you what happened when he was on the cross? He looked at his mother and looked at John. He says, Mother, I give you a son. He says, Son, this is the best I got. I give you my mother. No other person. This was the one they couldn't kill. They put him in hot water, he won't die. They put him in hot oil, he won't die. The one that had the most awesome relationship. And he was one, his relationship was not technical at all. He was just expressive. And the Lord so appreciated that. When he was going to reveal the end, Paul knew the road, but he didn't know the end. Peter knew the way, he didn't know the end. The only person that knew the end was the one who had the greatest relationship with him. A relationship not technical, a relationship not defined by rules, a relationship of just pure love. Well, who knows that song? I want, I want to know you. What's that song? Somebody just help me. Quiet. They're not in the spirit. Shut up. Lift up your hand to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to know you for myself. Thank you for all the seminaries. Thank you for all the technical teachings. But me, I just want to have that relationship with you. The kind of relationship David had with God. He says he was a man. He's a man after my own heart. His faults didn't matter anymore. His limitations didn't stop him anymore. I just, I just want to be like David. The one who just reckless love. Reckless love. Reckless relationship. Simple, unhindered. The kind of closeness that the Lord loved so much. Whilst he was afar off, his father started running towards him. How many people will the father run towards like that? It was based on one kind of relationship.